0: Hey, today is a, uh, a wonderful day because you're going to get to meet my brother, Brett, uh, who you prayed for earnestly uh, and regularly and fervently uh, through uh, uh, just the most difficult times, li- literally knocking on death's door. Uh, and so he is here today. He's going to walk up here and uh, and he's going to share just some things that he had on his heart uh, for you, the church. Come on up, Brett. Uh, to you, the church, as a thank you for uh, interceding on his behalf and to tell a little bit about his story. So um, this is my brother, my younger brother, Brett. So you welcome him to Refuge today.
1: Hi, my name's Brett. I am Scott's brother. And unfortunately, y'all getting a double shot of the Benjamin boys today. Uh, i tell you, we have uh, had church this morning with a song service, amen? That's great, that's great. I'm proud to be here, proud to be here. And the reason I'm here today is to brag on Jesus. That's the sole reason I'm here. And before I get started with anything, I want to introduce someone to you, my best friend, my wife, my coach, because you will hear her name throughout this, is Elisa Benjamin. And uh, she's been great, and she is a tough coach, I'm telling you. A tough coach, but I'm thankful for her. And also, my brother Scott, because he's been with us through all of this, and let me come and tell my story today. And, and saying story... There's a thousand people that can sit right here today and tell you a story. But the story is not what I'm wanting you to hear today. What I want you to hear is what God's done for me in this story. It's not the story. Because anyone can sit and tell stories. Everyone in here can sit and tell your story. But it's what God has done and what He's doing every day in my life and that I can see. So that's kind of what I want you to get out of all of this today. I'm going to fast forward for a second and to November when after I got home. And I had a dream one night. And I don't know if y'all know the song, Midnight Cry. Gold City sings it. Been around for years. And I had a dream, and that was my whole dream, was this song, Midnight Cry. The Midnight Cry, when Jesus steps out. And the chorus says, when Jesus steps out on a cloud to call His children... The dead in Christ shall rise to meet him in the air. And then those that remain will be quickly changed. And the midnight cry when Jesus comes again. So that's stuck in my head in this dream. It's stuck in my head. But the words that I got out of this is when Jesus steps out. When Jesus steps out. And you're going to hear that today. So remember that. When Jesus steps out. So I'll go in reverse again to early 2021, and I was being sick, couldn't figure it out. Doctors couldn't figure it out. I've been to the doctor several times, several, several times, and they couldn't figure out what was going on. Uh, Lost 20-some-odd pounds, and they just... I was sick all the time and continuously working. And we get to August of that year, and I got to where I couldn't, couldn't go. One Saturday, I told Lisa, I don't feel good. My legs don't feel good. And so we got out and walked, and I fell a couple of times. And, and that Sunday, I had to go to the emergency room. And from, I went from walking and working one day to a hospital the next tough for me because I'm used to working all the time. So, uh, but the doctors couldn't figure it out. We stayed there. They ran every test on me, um, every organ that I had, and um, just couldn't figure it out. And I didn't, I don't know a lot about the time that I was in the hospital because I don't remember a lot of the time I was in the hospital. So I don't, know what to tell you about that other than I was there and about two weeks in uh there was an old doctor and he said you need to run a heavy metals test on this man I've seen it in my practice years ago and so they did and uh, it came back positive I had heavy metals in my in my body So the funeral of about seventeen times the amount that I was supposed to have. So my first thing is when Jesus steps out because I'm not supposed to be here. But he's not finished with me yet, so I am supposed to be here. (laughs) And so I give me this drug to get this out of my body. Because you don't get it out of your body without this. It's a chelation drug. And later on, we found out where this came from is the place I work and the job that I was doing. And the prolonged exposure to this has stripped my nerves in my body and it got into my muscles. So y'all can see some of that I still have I, I have braces on my legs to help me walk but um, that's what it's done to me so when I was in the hospital I was basically paralyzed from here down neck, shoulders down I could move my shoulders I could hold my head up and I could talk after I'd been in there a little while I, I, could, I was at myself and uh, pretty sharp, I thought. <laughs> and um, so, they're getting this out of my system. And I took that drug for 21 days, and it did get it out of my system. So, praise God, now I have no detection of heavy metals in my system. And that's great. And that's one reason I'm sitting here before you today. So... I stayed twenty eight days in the hospital and we finally got a rehabilitation facility that I could go and stay at for physical therapy, occupational therapy. And um uh, we finally got in. And so all so all of that hospital stay was a prelude to all of the good stuff that's about to come. Okay. So they took me down the first week, and they laid me on a 12 by 12 table. Three men picked me up out of my chair and laid me on this table, and they go, okay, roll over. And I said, okay, because I was at myself. I said, okay, and I couldn't. Because when the nerves get stripped, that's the pathway you have from your brain to your muscles to tell your muscles what to do. And I didn't have a pathway. So I didn't know what muscles to tell, to move, to roll over. So they looked at me and they said, we knew you couldn't, but we're going to teach you. I said, you're going to teach a 51-year-old man how to roll over. Okay? But they did. And they taught me how to sit up on the side of the bed. And they taught me... A lot of things that you learn from a baby that you just do. Then me, 51-year-old, that I didn't know how to do anymore. So time goes on. Week passes. Two weeks pass. And I'm getting better. I think I'm getting better. Getting a little stronger. I've learned what a few muscles can do. And I first saw a muscle flinch in my arm. And they said, if you see anything muscle flinch, that means we have something to build on. Lisa was sitting there with me and I said, look, look at this muscle flinch. And I thought that it was something because it really was. And, you know, Jesus stepped out when I saw that muscle flinch. And we built on that. And then a week later, I could raise my arm. And a few days later, I could raise my hand over my head. And a few days later, I could do something else. And a few days later, I could do something else. And I saw God moving every day. So my insurance paid 30 days for me to stay in that facility. And this is where the good part really comes in. It starts getting good. And 29 days, they came in and said, you're going home tomorrow. I wasn't ready to go home physically. I wasn't ready to go home mentally. And everybody there knew it. And I told Lucy, I said, we're going home tomorrow. I called Scott. I said, we're going home tomorrow. I'm not ready, but we're going home. So I had these three ladies that took care of me every day. Came in my room. And they put their hands on me. And they prayed. Lord, Brett's not ready to go home. We're not ready for him to go home. If it's your will, let him stay with us a little longer so he can get better. So we finished praying that that day. Took me down to therapy. A couple of hours later, I came back, and I meanwhile I called Scott. I'd already told Lisa. And meanwhile, I called Scott. I said, um, "Again, we're going home." So I go to therapy, and I came back two hours later, and the phone rang, and I still wasn't strong enough to hold a cell phone. So one of those nurses answered it and laid it on my chest, and I was laying in the bed and. Put Speakerphone. He said, hey, I got some good news. I said, all right, good. I need some good news. <laughs> he said, uh, I got you two more weeks to stay at this facility. I said, oh, how would you do this? He said, don't worry about it. He said, you just worry about getting better. I said, Scott, my insurance ain't going to pay. He said, don't worry about it. You just get better. So that's what I did. And I said, where did this come from? He said, again, let God handle this. And that's what I did. And I don't know who paid for me to stay at that facility. Still don't know. But God knows. In two hours' time, I saw him answer a prayer. Two hours. You don't see that much anymore. Not in the world we live in today. One of those three ladies, and this was is the good part of this. That's good, but this is let me say great part of this. That was on a Thursday. She came back in working on a Sunday and she said, You know when we were praying with you the other day, I said, I do. She said, you were getting the good out of it, she said, but I did as well. She said, sometimes we get in a rut in our life, and we can't get out of that rut. Sometimes you get in a spiritual rut, she said, and you can't get out of that rut. I said, yes, ma'am, I've been there. All of us have been there. And she said, I needed that more than you did. And I thought for a second, if I have to endure this, and that's what God had intended for me to endure, to when somebody else could get a blessing, I'm all in if it's His will. So we rock on, and I'm getting better. And when I say I'm getting better, I'm better for me at the time. A week goes by, and an occupational therapist that worked with me up there gave me a bent cross, the first one I'd seen. And I said, "What what is this? He said, Just hold it in your hand when you pray, okay? So Lisa and I were reading about it, and we got it out of the box, and she wrapped my fingers around it because I still couldn't do it so she did it for me and she looked at me and she said let's pray so we did again i prayed lord it's not my time it's your time if i if i could have had it in my time i would have been well in two weeks and i would have been home doing what brett does but it's not my time it's god's time and he knows and I want to be on his time because I know it's the right time and his will because I know it's his will and it's the right thing so that's what we prayed and we finished praying and I go to therapy for two more hours and I come back and Lisa said have you talked to Scott today I said no she said well he and Carol's going to a football game you need to you need to call him. I said, "Honey, I'm tired. I'm, I'm I'm tired. I'll call him in a little while." So they got me back in the bed, and being the coach that she is, she picked up the cell phone and dialed Scott's number, laid it on my chest, and he said, "Hey, I got some good news." And I said, "Okay, what is it?" He said. I've got you two more weeks to stay in that rehab facility. I said, Scott, how are you doing this? I does I, 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 this come from? And he said, don't worry about it. Just get better. I do know how, who that was. I don't know her personally, but I do know who. Oh, thank you. Scott <laughs> says she's watching, and thank you. That that, that that again I go back to when I my dream to when Jesus stepped out because that's all he has to do is to change anything to change our lives is all he's got to do is step out all he's got to do is say something all he's got to do is answer the prayer so I Saw that prayer answered within two hours. Two hours again. And I said, Scott, we we need to take this money and pay the other person back that paid for me to stay here the first time. He, and you know what he told me on the phone? He said, don't take a blessing from somebody that's helping you. Don't take the blessing that they're getting away from them. And I hadn't thought about it that way. I was getting the blessing, but they were too. People has been great to me and my family. This church has been great to me and my family. All the prayers, everything has been phenomenal. So... I stayed three more weeks at that facility. I thought we were doing great. I could slide board from a wheelchair to the bed now. You know, I thought I was doing in peanut butter and jelly heaven. I thought I was, I thought I was doing great, you know. They was getting me upright with a machine to actually simulate walking again. And it was time to come home. Time to come home. So we came home. Around 1st of November of 21, uh, 28 days in the hospital, two months in a rehab facility. And I thought I was doing good. But let me tell you, the good part's yet to come. From November the 16th, I started at a rehab facility, anchor rehabilitation in Corinth, Mississippi. Pat Hinton is my physical therapist and when I got there I could move my foot about this much on a piece of wood in my sock feet and we started working out with ropes and weights and he was helping me and then we graduated from that to ankle weights and um, I thought I was doing good you know I, I, I called my son I said hey look I'm in the got in the Bench Press Club. <laughs> he said, "Really?" I said, "I said, yeah." I said, "I was in a three hundred pound bench press club when I was in high school." I said, "You know what? I've made it to now." I said, "The one pound bench press club." <laughs> I was doing good, you know. I that was that was really good for me. I was in a one pound bench press club. So uh, now we've graduated from the wheelchair. It don't get out of my house anymore. Does not get out of my house to a walker, and I was walking with that walker, and I've got, like I say, I have some braces on, and um, that help me walk, help me balance because I don't have good balance right now because I don't have anything below my knee. That right now we we are seeing some things, but it's still not good enough to help me. To now arm crutches. Now I can drive. I drove over here this morning. Scott wouldn't let me drive to San Antonio. He's texting on his phone and changing his Facebook page on the the road to San Antonio. And I'm like, I can drive if you want me to. Y'all know him. We get out there and Lisa says, were you driving? I said, no, Scott was driving. She said he changed his Facebook picture in the middle of that. I said, well, we didn't stop. I was praying the whole time. <laughs> but I can drive now. And that is uh, it's great. It does free you up to drive. And it is, does feel good to have a little uh, normalcy back in my life. And you know, all of those things, I look back to that dream when Jesus stepped out. It means so much. And I I didn't really know what that dream meant at the time. But all of these things, is He's working in me every day. And we see little things. And again, my coach says, you can do it. I said, no, honey, I can't. She goes, you can do it. I told somebody earlier I said she's a better coach than Nick Saban. She is. Probably as hard as he is. (laughs) But all of these things is every day. I see him work every day. Some little something. I can I can walk without those arm crutches. But my balance gets off and I have to put them on the ground every now and then. And Lisa said, when did you learn that? This was this week. When did you learn that? I said, I've been practicing. She didn't know it. And uh, I said, I've been practicing. So little things that I see every day. Prayers answered. And thank you for praying for me. Don't stop now. Because that's the reason I'm where I'm at today. Is the Lord is looking out for me. God is good. And God is good all the time. Everyone in here has something that you struggle with sometime in your life. Don't worry about telling God how big your problem is. Tell your problem how big your God is. Right? Because He can take it. And you hear people say, God will never put anything on you that you can't stand. Yes, He will. Yes, He will. You know why? Because He wants us to ask for His help. He wants us to depend on Him. And that's what we need to do. Depend on Him. Give it to Him. Because He can do it. He can do it. I'm living proof of it. If He can take this old country boy and bring me back from being paralyzed from shoulders down in a matter of about ten months... He can, he can do anything. And I'm thankful. And thank you are two minute words that I say to him every day, constantly, every day. And I, I tell him all the time, I say, Lord, thank you is not enough. Two words, thank you is not enough for what you've done in my life. And what do you continue to do, to do in my life? Quit praying for me and my family. And I thank you for everything that this church has done. Y'all have been fantastic. The prayers, everything. Thank you. Thank you for letting me come to brag on Jesus. Because that's the sole reason for being here today. Because my story means nothing without Him. Thank you. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, I come to you today saying those two words, Thank you. Two small words mean so much to me for what you're doing in my life and what you're doing in other people's life, Lord. You know the need of everyone in here. We're all grains of sand on a beach. And You still take care of us. You still love us. As a song said earlier, unworthy. We're not worthy, Lord, of Your grace. But I thank You for it. Lead us, guide us, Lord. To what Your will is. And that's where we want to be. Thank You, Jesus. Christ's name, Amen.
0: Um, Man, thanks, Brett. Uh, There are some things that he didn't share. uh, Probably some things that he didn't know. He literally was at the point of death. Uh, uh, There were times in uh, when he was first in the hospital, when he was first, uh, really before they knew what was going on with him, that he. Was hallucinating. He was. Both our parents had passed away. He was seeing them in the room with him. Uh, he would say that uh, our mom was sitting over in the corner and our dad was laying down by the bed beside him. And and so uh, people tell me that when people see people that they love and things like that, that they're, they're nearing many times the point of death. And so he was probably within just uh, uh, just just really really close to that. But the Lord chose to. Uh, uh, to rescue him and save him and save his life, and we are most thankful for that. I've never seen my work as hard as he has, uh, and honestly, he's inspired me with his faith in trusting the Lord through um, just really unprecedented situation and circumstances. Um, uh, Brett is a worker. He loves to work with his hands. He's a big. He's a man's man. He's a strong man. And uh, to see him persevere through all this has been inspirational to me, the, bigger, the older brother, uh, in watching him uh, through all this. So I'm thankful for him, uh, that he is alive, that he is recovering. L- literally, you have seen a miracle. You've seen a miracle, actually multiple miracles from the Lord in seeing him, him walking up here today. I never thought I'd see him walk again. Uh, walking up here and talking and sharing his story with you. So uh, thank you, Brett, for uh, sharing all that with us today. Uh, I'm not going to preach my sermon. Uh, It's a good one, too. Uh, uh, But I will take one verse from our text. It is from Ephesians chapter 6, verse 10. This is what uh, uh, 610 says. Finally, be strong in the Lord and in the strength of his might. That's what... That's what the first verse of my text says today. And you'll just leave that up there today. Uh, I just want to encourage you in this church um, to be strong in the Lord. To be strong in the Lord. That doesn't mean in our own strength. That doesn't mean in our own might. That doesn't mean in our own craftiness. That doesn't mean in our own cunning. That doesn't mean in our own skill sets. That doesn't mean any of those things. God gives us skills. He gives us ways to live. He gives us giftings that He may not give to somebody else. And we're called to use them. But the way Paul is writing this to the church at Ephesus, he is saying for us to be strong in the Lord. Think what he's done throughout all of Ephesians. He's talked all through uh, this book uh, or this letter that he wrote to the churches in Ephesus that there's a spiritual blessing in Christ Jesus, that we are saved by grace through faith, that we are one in Christ, that the gospel is a mystery that, that comes. He comes to us solely by the grace of God, that he, he, he prayed for spiritual strength for the church in Ephesus. He called for unity in the body of Christ. He talked about there being new life found in Jesus. He talked about us walking in love with one another. And he talked about wives and husbands and children and families and how they should live in light of the gospel. And finally, when he gets over here to chapter 6 and verse 10, he says, finally, be strong in the Lord. We can't live the way God calls us to live outside of the Spirit of God helping us. You won't ever uh, pull up your bootstraps and come up with enough gumption to live the the life following Jesus. It's just impossible because uh, our our, our flesh... And the sin around us pulls us in so many different directions. And so we desperately need to live, to be strong in the Lord and in the strength of His might. We, don't need, we can't do it on our own. Yes, it is up to me to live the life I'm called to. It's up to you to live the life that you're called to live. but We're called to be strong in the Lord. That's what I've watched Brett do uh, in, in living this uh, nightmare out uh, and, that's what, and, and that's obviously an extreme case. But we all are walking through something. We're all working through this life through something. Through trials and tribulations and, and sinful even desires in our own hearts. And people that sin against us. And when we sin against other people, we're all walking through this life together. And when we try to do this in the strength of our own might, we crash and burn every time. Because we're just not able to stand up and and withstand that life outside of the Spirit of God helping us. And the way the Spirit of God helps us is when we're Christians. You don't go through what my brother went through. You don't live the life following Jesus on our own without the Spirit of God living within us. And I'm I'm going to tell you something today. You must examine yourself today to say, does the Spirit of God live within me? Am I living this life? Am I walking through this life? Am I being strong in my own might? Or am I being strong in, in the Lord's might? and the strength of His might? Examine yourself. Am I in the faith? Or am I going through religious motions? And if you're not sure about that, if you're not sure about where you land in that, then please come and talk with us. The worst thing that could happen for any of us is to be full. Part part of this sermon text today was the fact that we have an adversary, the devil, who wants to, to blind us to the news of the gospel, wants to blind us to the truth. And some of you are walking in blindness. Some of you are walking in darkness. Some of you are cruising through this life. Trying to be a good person and hopeful that one day when your number gets called, that you'll get up and get to give God this list of things that you're doing from being a good person. That list is not worth two cents to be in a right relationship with God. The right relationship with God, the way to be strong is to be strong in the Lord and the power of his might to trust and follow Jesus, to repent of your sins, put your faith in the finished work of Jesus. Not knowing who Jesus is. The devil knows who Jesus is. Not just knowing who he is, not just knowing facts about him, not just knowing John 316, not just knowing stuff in the Bible, but knowing Jesus. Having repented, turned from your sins, and trusting in Christ alone for your salvation. The only way, like when you stand before God one day, if if the literal thing that you are planning to say, or will say, or hope you say, if it's anything other than, I'm trusting in the righteousness of Jesus credited to my behalf. He's my only hope and He's my only Savior. If there's anything in your mind other than that, you're trusting in something that is a fallacy. And so today... We would invite you to come to Jesus. We would invite you, whether you call yourself a Christian or not, to become a Christian today. To repent of your sins and put your faith and trust in the finished work of Jesus. So that when your troubling times come, when the world crumbles around you, when your health fails, when all else seems to be lost... You still hold on to the anchor. Actually, he holds on to you. That's my hope for you. And that's where we're going to give you an opportunity to come and follow Jesus today. I'm going to pray for us. And then we'll take communion.